Hola, Jumbo Ecabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Dio Latero, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 51. And um, last season, I shared about, you know, you know, how to stay on travel budget, how to build a travel budget that works. And that was, for some reason, a popular episode. And I wasn't quite expecting that. And I also promised that I would do a follow up conversation because, you know, travel is something that I do. It's second nature to me and finding deals, building itineraries and all that stuff is something that comes pretty easily for me. Um, And I know that that's not the case for everyone. So I thought, you know, let me share some of my travel and budgeting tips, more of that on this platform. And why am I doing all that? Um, It's because I want more of us to travel. I want travel to be more accessible to us as immigrants, as women, as people of color. And let me be honest, you know, travel can be expensive. And and yes, even budget travel, I think, is a luxury, right? Um, But with a plan, you know, I think that you can travel and find ways to save money on your vacation. And so as we go through these 12 tips that I'm going to share, I want to highlight that these are tips that will work for most people. Of course, there are more extreme measures that you can take, but I didn't want to start by talking about extreme measures because that's most people are not willing to do those things, right? Um, I'll also ask that, you know, I'm assuming that as a background, you know, you're, you have a budget that works and you have room in your budget to make some um, um, space for, for travel, I'll say that if you're still deep in debt and you're trying to find your way out of that, I would not, I do not recommend going into debt in order to travel. So, or, you know, you can do, I I don't, I think you can still travel while you're in debt, but if you're, you know, barely making ends meet and you're traveling beyond your means, you know, I personally cannot, you know, with the right conscience recommend that. So I think if you're, if you're just barely making ends meet and all of that, and you just have a little bit of extra money, do something domestic, consider a trip closer to home. You know, that's what I did um, before I was able to kind of go on the more, you know, go to Vegas. I did a trip two hours from me to a water park um, resort. And so that's what I did. So I'm not telling you something that I haven't done myself. But yes, let's go 12 tips. Let's see if we can do this in 20 minutes or less. Um, Number one, travel to places where your home currency will go further. And so I'll just be point blank, I'll be straight with you. A thousand US dollars in Thailand versus the same thousand dollars in Iceland, very different way of travel. You know, you can get your bank for your buck in places like Mexico, in Accra, Ghana, in Thailand, in Vietnam, Sri Lanka, and so on. So consider that when you pick your destinations. In places like this, you know, your average cost per day while you travel 
is lower. So then you can pick nicer accommodations. You can get a private driver. You can get a massage or just do things that maybe your normal, your budget would not accommodate, you know, in Paris or in Iceland or in Denmark or in Belize, for example. Tip number two, travel during shoulder or off season. So everything is more expensive in the high season for, you know, for good reason. During the high season, everybody's traveling and the weather is great, right? And so one of my best tips is to consider traveling in the off season or and during the week. So traveling during the week for one will save you money on your flights and your destination will likely be less crowded because many places are popular on weekends. Now, traveling during the off-season, that's a real game-changer. It will mean your flights will be cheaper and your accommodations will be cheaper. And those are two of the biggest aspects of a travel budget. One caveat, though, to traveling in the low season is that some sites may be closed. The weather may not be the greatest, but I've traveled in the off-season and I've still found it to be worth it to me. But one season that I prefer to travel is what we call the shoulder season. So the shoulder is in between the low season and the high season. So think if you're thinking of if you live in you know, North America or Europe, the shoulder season is like, you know, the busy season is July, August, because that's summer travel, end of June, July, August. So the shoulder will be like May to early June and then, you know, September to maybe early October. And so in that time of the year, the weather is still good right? But things are cheaper. Hotels are not at the highest prices um, and, and flights are also cheaper at that time. I will almost always have a trip in September. Like if you, if you want a way to know when I'm going to travel, just know that even, what, even if it's a domestic trip, I will go somewhere in September. It's also my birthday month. So great month for travel, great month for prices, great weather. It's my birthday. So D is always going to be on a trip in September because it's just a good time of the year to hit the road. Next tip, tip number three, is to use points and miles to cover some of your travel expenses like flights and hotels and even some activities. And so I'm going to have someone on the podcast um, maybe next season to talk about travel hacking with credit cards and points because those people are really expert at it. I'm not an expert, but I have used points for close to a decade um, via a a credit card with my, um, I've used my my regular credit card, Visa credit card, as well as my Delta Airlines credit card. And so I'll caveat that you should only get credit cards that give you rewards if you know that you will be responsible and pay off the credit card debt. I've had seasons where I haven't done that and I've had to pay interest on that. And I feel like, you know, that, that defeats the purpose in my opinion. Um, And so while I haven't tracked the number of trips I've taken on points, I can tell you that it has come in handy many, many, many times. I've gone to London on miles and paid $11 in fees. I've gone to New York, paid $11 in fees. Last year, my birthday trip, I paid $12 for my flights because I use points. Um, And yes, it's money that I have spent, but at least I've gotten to use the rewards to redeem for points and, and, you know, reduce my travel expenses. Same for hotels. I don't have as much hotel points because I don't travel as much for work anymore, but it has come in handy. I was in Nigeria. I stayed at a hotel for five nights. All five nights were via points at at one of the nicest hotels in Nigeria. So these things do come in handy, but I would say, you know, step aside and think about whether or not you're ready to have a travel credit card. 
um, and then maybe start with one or maybe two. Maybe start with one if you're if you're ready to start. Maybe start with an airline or I know I have the Chase. I just got the Chase Preferred Sapphire um, last year as well. So I'm just I'm, I'm now this is my first time having two rewards credit cards. I've just always been just on one. Um, but I'd say that's something to look into if you're looking to travel and want to look for ways to cut down on your costs while getting rewarded for the money that you do spend using your credit card and, of course, that you can afford to pay off. Tip number four is watch transaction fees while traveling abroad. And I'll say that there are traps to just eat at your funds little by little while traveling if you don't watch it. So first tip, do not change money at the airport, you know, borrow to change in most countries as the rates they give you at those, um, those stands are terrible. So what I would typically do is um, use cash from a bank ATM. And if it's a bank ATM at an airport, that's fine, but not some random travel ATM because those ones give you terrible rates and will charge you fees. So make sure it's a bank ATM at the airport or outside the airport because you get better rates that way. Another way to do that to reduce transaction fees is if you have a credit card that does not charge a foreign transaction fee, you may want to use that, um, that card while you travel. Otherwise, also, there are some debit cards that also don't charge foreign ATM fees and also don't charge foreign transaction fees. Um, and so Charles Schwab is a, is a popular one for that purpose, and it's popular with travelers because they don't charge the fees. Tip number five. Look up discounts or deals at your destination like, hello, Groupon, is that you? Yes. Think Groupon or Groupon equivalents in your destination. I have gotten deals on massages, deals on pop crawls with my girlfriends, and so on just by looking up destination deals, destination deal websites as I build my itinerary. Number six. Plan free activities within your itinerary. So it's great to be going to Paris, but what's not great is paying for every single thing that you do. And so I started to do this very early on in my travels. So for example, if I'm going to Paris, I would Google free things to do in Paris. And you find, for example, that the main areas of Notre Dame, you know, are free to access during certain hours. You also find that museums are free on the first Sunday of the month in Paris. And so I share this to say that, you know, by trying to just do those searches, you'll find that there may be some actually pretty cool things that you're interested in that will be free. And that frees up money for you to do other things on your trip. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Tip number seven, open a separate bank account for travel. So this one is not a tip that actually, you know, reduces the cost of your travel, but I think it's an important one. And one that I would even say I would have said first, because this is single-handedly what has enabled me to be able to travel because I know how my brain is wired. And if I have money just in a general saving spot, I will feel guilty taking it out for something like travel. And so what I did when I learned about sinking funds, and I'll put a link to just what sinking funds are in the, in the show notes, um, I learned about that is just saving money for things that you want to spend on later. And so um, I opened a bank account called See the World. It is still called that name and I've had it in that for more than 10 years. And so what I started doing is 
when all I could afford was $50 a month, I put $50 a month towards travel. It didn't matter where, whether I was going anywhere or I had any trip planned or not. Every single month, I put $50 in my travel account and it was automated savings. And so that way, that gives me some sort of assurance that, okay, if I suddenly decide, oh, I want to go somewhere, I know that as so long as I haven't emptied the account by traveling somewhere, there's money in the account that I could use to travel. And I started with $50 a month, and then I'd increased to $100 a month, and then $150, and so on. But I also then supplemented it by, you know, whenever I would get tax refunds, a way that I chose to spend my tax refund would be like, okay, if I get $2,000, $1,000 is going to travel because this is important to me. And this is the main way I could fund my travel at the time because $50 a month is not enough, <laughs> as, you, as you can imagine. Um, so, but I think opening and separating that account for travel has been a life changer for me. Um, tip number eight is consider couch surfing or staying in hostels to save on accommodation. I don't enjoy paying for hotels at all. I wish they were free, but that is wishful thinking because people that have hotels have to make money some way and they are providing a service. So I need to just get it together. Um, but when I first started traveling and I could not afford to stay in hotels or Airbnbs all the time, I started by staying in a hostel. And so what I would do is, you know, and I wasn't, I mean, I didn't want to stay in hostels the whole time. So what I would do on every trip, so example, I was traveling to Greece and Turkey on my very first big international trip by myself. <laughs> um, and, and that's another one where I wasn't traveling with someone else. So I had nobody to split the accommodation costs with. So it was important for me to save money on accommodation as best I could. I also traveled on that trip in the month of July, which is high season, which means things were expensive. So I had to find other ways to save money. Um, and so I stayed in hostels in Istanbul, but then I also made sure that in two places, I treated myself to staying in hotels. So in Cappadocia, Turkey, I stayed in a, in a hotel, a nice cave hotel. And then in Santorini, I also stayed in a hotel, but everywhere else, I stayed in hostels. So I would say, you know, um, 10 days out of 11 days out of the 15 days I was traveling, I was in hostels, but I was very picky about my hostels. I did the due diligence. I did the research to make sure it was a good hostel. And I didn't stay in like the dorm room with like 20 people. I'll pick a dorm room with like six women or with like four women. So it was a little more, um, it was not as crowded. Um, and, and, and the, there was a bit of crowd control and, and, you know, that those four people had their own bathroom and I was still paying like less than $20 a night. So it was still a good deal. Um, couch surfing is when you can sign up and stay in people's homes for free while you travel. I have never done it, but I know people that have. And I even know someone who featured on my blog who met her husband while couch surfing. So again, with that, be safe, apply judgment. Um, but those are options to help you see the world without breaking the bank. All right. Tip number nine, cook your meals while traveling or carry snacks. Personally, I don't like to cook when I'm traveling because I feel like I'm on vacation. Somebody else should cook for me. But I know that especially if you're traveling with a family and you're traveling with a lot of people, um, cooking some meals, not you don't have to cook all your meals, might be a good way to save money. So you can make breakfast at home or have dinner at home one night or two nights as a way to save money because eating out for every meal, especially with the family, it can add up. Tip number 10, 
combining business trips with leisure. Um, I've done this time and time again. And so if you're if you're in a career like mine or one where you have some travel and travel is starting to come back somewhat for business, um, a good way to save at least on your um, flight is to just, if you're traveling Monday through Friday, you can fly in early and, and spend the weekend to explore before work starts or do it on the back end of your trip. And so that way you already have the flight that's covered. You just need to maybe pay for one or two nights of a hotel um, and that way you've got a little mini trip under your belt. So I've done that both locally as well as internationally. But I know that this tip specifically applies to those that have the opportunity to travel for work or for business. So it's one time it's a good time to mix business with pleasure. Tip number 11, sign up to deal finding websites for flights. And so I'll say right off the bat, Scotch Ship Flights is probably the best one I know for those of us that are based in the U.S. I don't know if they do international, but what you do, they have a free version and a paid version, and they're not paying me for this at all. Um, and you put in your home airport and they send you deals. And so instead of you scouring every day for flight deals, they will send it to your inbox. And I feel like that pretty, that's pretty nice. That's pretty handy. Um, and then I know there are other deal finding websites for flights, but this is the one that, you know, that I have used and I can personally um, recommend. Um, another thing is if you're searching for flights, sometimes you can use more flexible options. If you say your dates are flexible or you say, you know, look at flights from Chicago to anywhere, it, it can come up with destinations that may not have been on your radar, but that are cheaper to go to. And that way, by being flexible, you get to um, you might get to explore new destinations that are more affordable based on the season of the year. All right. And then last but not least, and we're doing this in 20 minutes, y'all. Last but not least, um, tip number 12, make extra money on the side to fund your travel. You know, I know that we all have, you know, things we're trying to, we're all adulting and we have things we're trying to do in our lives. We're trying to, you know, save money. We may try, maybe trying to go to school, maybe trying to just do many different things. And so, um, you know, one way that you might be able to make room for travel is by having, you know, a side hustle on the side, whether it's doing DoorDash, whether it's doing working, you know, being a digital virtual assistant, whatever it is, you know, that's one thing that people, you know, I've seen people do to save money for things that they find to be fun is to just do that and do something on the side, get paid for it. And then without feeling the guilt that they're not using their other money towards the things that they're also trying to build in their lives is to use this side hustle money, use the extra money to fund travel. So there's so many other tips I could share, but I thought these are 12 great tips for starters and that would really be applicable to many people um, that want to travel and are looking for ways to, you know, how can I do it? How do all these people do all these trips and all that stuff? I will say, don't get carried away by what other people are doing, um, because that's an easy way to get into debt, trying to live up to the Joneses or have the same life as the Joneses. If you don't, you don't know other people's financial situations. Maybe they have the money, maybe they don't. None of your business anyway, but um, don't use someone else's life or lifestyle as a yardstick for yours, right? Look inwards, look internally. And if travel is important to you, you will have to make sacrifices. You can't be saying you want to travel a lot, but then you also want to shop every day. That's not going to work. So decide what's important to you and then spend accordingly. So 
I hope you found this helpful. I hope there's a tip for you in there and I hope to see you exploring the world. Have a great week. Cheers. Bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what? Popping! And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odabo. See you next time.